Trust in God and God will make your path straight. And in all things and everything, lean on God for your understanding. Please be seated. It's an interesting set of readings today that we have where we look at the idea of faith being the predominant thing that we need to focus on. In the passage that we read today, we see in most Bibles it's called how to deal with anxiety or anxious disciples or anxiety and faith. And that is sometimes our constant way of living. It is the fine line that we walk between being really anxious about what God is doing in our life and having God's perspective and knowing, well, God's got it all under control and we really don't have to worry too much. we just got to do whatever we are called to do in our hearts. Over the last couple of weeks, we've read stories of two brothers who, of a struggle between two brothers and their inheritance. One brother asked Jesus to tell the other to split the inheritance. But Jesus recognises that the concern is more than just the inheritance, that the concern is for the hearts of the people. One's life does not consist of abundance or possessions. And this leads to a parable in which Jesus takes the community through a thorny thicket involving the rich and the wealthy. How they look at their wealth and how they, what their definition of prosperity is. And what if they imagine the rest of their lives are to be cut short? What happens at that point? So it is those who store up treasures for themselves but are not rich towards God, that he has a great concern for. This week, Jesus turns a soft light towards his listeners, making room for them to see themselves in a very surprising profile. He opens their eyes to see their separation from God. He opens their eyes to see their separation from God but also opens their imagination to the hope that there is to build relationships and to heal wounds so that they are not separated to God, from God. And this is one way to tell a good story and our Master and Saviour is an amazing storyteller where he shows our realities and reveals the idea of hope for us in the future. But he does it with gentle grace and with a lot of love. In this gentle light of grace, Jesus awakens our spiritual consciousness by sharing what it means to have faith in him. As Jesus does this, he shows that faith allows, that faith allows and even forces us to live from a heavenly perspective, from God's perspective. When we look down upon our lives from God's perspective, we can see some of the things that have been important to us really don't matter. And then we can also see some of the things that really do matter, we might have let go. And we need to give attention to our family, our friends, justice for people, peace among our people, and for ourselves, for our own personal selves, we need to look at the idea of who we are. We need to foster our intellectual insights, our spiritual development and have the hobbies that bring us joy. 
when we get caught up in the rat race that begins with materialism and gathering things, we sometimes find that this rat race that we're in controls us more than we control it. It is during these times that we must remember Jesus' words and know that there is more to life than things. As Jesus' followers, we are called to be free from anxiety, free from social convention of materialism, and to be freely generous with each other in love, in prosperity, and in our gifts that we give to each other. Jesus says that our lives count for more than just the pursuit of material wealth. And we are always to be devoted to seeking the higher good for all of the, all the people concerned in our lives. And so we must be alert to making the things in our life count in a way that the Lord and Messiah would direct us. Over the last few years, I've seen many references to the heart and how the heart of a person makes a real difference. For those of you who are parents and might have had young children, there's a great story called Frozen, which was great the first three times that I saw it, but when I got to 1,100,000 times, it kind of, the story was kind of burnt into my mind. But nevertheless, we, as I watch Frozen, I see a story of the heart where Anna's heart is attacked by icicles and the leader of the trolls says that a mind can be persuaded but the heart is a lot more difficult to deal with and cannot be really persuaded. A cold heart cannot really be persuaded by anything but the warm love that a person can share with another one. Jesus says that your treasure is where your heart will be. Very often we focus on our lives and when you unpack where people are headed, it's often a journey of the heart, isn't it? Sometimes we live in resentment because the journey of our hearts hasn't been realised and that person was to blame and my parents were to blame and etc. Because we didn't get to the point where our heart was meant to be. And this process, in, in, is, I guess, is that idea where the heart and where you are be, where you are at the moment is not really aligned. And that can cause people frustration no end. And we see that in the way people manifest their emotions in depression. We see that in relationships where someone might be with someone and yet their heart yearns to be with someone else and relationships fall apart. It's a great thing that Jesus says for us to align our hearts with where we want to be. But to do that, you've really got to get to the heart of who you are. You've really got to understand who you are in that core, in that core space called the heart. And the heart really does matter because it drives us to our dreams, it drives us to move forward. Our heart is a powerful guide on a journey of life. And so if we are truly ready to be dressed for action for our Lord God and have our lamps lit and be waiting for our master's return from the wedding banquet 
Our hearts must be engaged in what we do each and every day with our relationship with God. So, where is your heart at? How does God sit in the heart of who you are? Is there a wall between you and God because you're still angry with him about something that hasn't happened in your life? Someone you lost and you're still angry at God because you lost that person. Are you, have you got a relationship with God that says, I prayed to you, Lord, and you haven't answered my prayers? Is there a healing point in your heart where God can burst through and allow the fire of the Holy Spirit inside you? The heart is very powerful and, can, as the troll says, cannot be persuaded very easily. Anxious hearts start to look at things that we do more than who we are. With an anxious heart, you might be thinking about the things in your life as opposed to the spiritual integrity with which you do things. And Isaiah talks about this in the first reading. The songs they're singing, the offerings they're making, the way they're doing their worship, God's not into it. He sees it as an abomination, as a clanging bells as things that he finds absolutely can't reach into. Because Isaiah is saying that the heart of their worship is not there. And we can get caught up in the things we do as well. The songs we play might cause people anxiety. Um, little changes that I might have made in the lit liturgy. Indeed, some of you might be worried about the length of the sermon, but I know that's no one here. And that might be causing your heart to wander in anxiety. Or maybe it is someone here. My, one of my daughters who always keeps a watch on me. <laughs> if we were to have our heart in a place that looks at things from God's perspective, then we'd be filling it with faith. And so what we would be doing is moving from having confidence in the things we do to looking at having confidence in our spiritual integrity. And I don't say this to poke the bear, so please don't be offended by this, but it is data and an observation. We might talk about the size of the fonts in the PowerPoint or the music we play or where I'm standing or where I'm reading. But when I look at our vision statement, I haven't had many people say to me, oh, well, Rev Rob, you've been here four months. Where's the Bible study? Rob, you've been here a few months. Where's our prayer circle? Like, it's lovely to talk about the things that we do, but if we look to Isaiah's reading, where is our heart to worship our Lord God? And I reflected on this because as I was looking at Isaiah and some of the readings, I keep a few documents around and one of them that kind of stood out was our vision statement. We are known as a prayerful church. We are known as a church that wants to be outward looking and filled and to be there for our disciples. Is our heart for that? Is our heart filled with that idea? And again, I'm saying I don't wish to offend, it's not to offend anyone. And I'm not trying to poke the bear and have an argument with anyone. But if it is data, 
Let's look at the data and let's look at the question of how we are enacting our parish vision, which is on the back of your booklet and you can have a look at it now. Because I'm still relatively new to the parish myself and I'm trying to learn where our charism is and where, where our spirituality is. And I find that our anxiety is more than our faith. And so I ask you to consider the idea that faith is transformative in its action if you let it work in you. The parable today starts off with fear and anxiety, with the master coming and us being ready and hoping we don't fall asleep and looking at all the things we do. But Jesus gently turns it into that grace, that nature of grace that forces us into a space of what it means if we are actually ready for our master. It says in the reading today that our master will tighten his, his belt and serve us in a banquet after the banquet he's been to. What an amazing thing to know that if we are faithful disciples that God will come and serve us and be with us. Maybe this is a time of re-establishing ourselves as a parish as we move towards parish conference and ask some very difficult questions and look at some very difficult data. To be a spiritual, to be a significant spiritual presence in Glenroy and Merlinston, as I know you have already been. And to acknowledge in our thoughts the heart space that is under, underpinned possibly by fear and anxiety and keeps us focused on the task more than developing our spiritual integrity. If today is about shifting our thoughts from materialism and the things that we do into our spiritual integrity and our relationship with God, maybe the message for us as we approach parish conference is to shift our thoughts from the things that are happening into our worship space and to look at is the heart of Jesus is the, is the heart of Jesus in our worship space next week we'll read about how Jesus wants to release the fire onto the earth and Jesus' heart is what he wants to release Jesus' heart is on fire for all of creation it was given in grace to all of us is the, heart of, is the burning heart of Jesus with the Holy Spirit here with us now? And are you connecting with that and allowing your heart to be on fire for God and for his purposes for your life? God can heal anything. And if there's something that you feel, if there's some place that your life hasn't gone, if there's something that you need to do to serve God and to find your calling and to fulfill it, then tap into the heart, the burning heart of Jesus and let your heart burn for God because God is always bigger than our problems. So as we move forward, can I ask you just to allow the heart of Jesus to go into all that you do and to all that you are because that burning heart will sustain and nurture you in ways that are supernatural and amazing.
The Lord be with you.